Hadrat Muhammad is the darling of Allah Ta'ala. The best of everything will be given to the darling. As-Sayyid Abdul Hakim Yarawasi Effendi said, Every prophet is superior to all his people in every respect, in his time and in his place. Yet Muhammad is the highest of all the creatures which have come and will come to the world from the day it was created until doomsday. No one is superior to him in any respect. This fact is not difficult to realize. Allah Ta'ala, who makes what he wills and what he likes, created him so. No person has power enough to adequately praise him. No human being is able to criticize him. It is written in the preface of the book Marifat Nama that Allah Ta'ala said, Were it not for thee, I would not have created the heavens. The same is also written in the 6th and 13th pages of the book Mawahib-i-Ladunia and in the 13th and 15th pages of the book Anwar-i-Muhammadiyya. This fact is also stated in the letters numbered 122 and 124 in the third volume of Maktubat by Imami Rabbani and in the Persian annotation of that volume. Allah Ta'ala has gathered in His darling all the visible and invisible advantages, all the superior traits, and all that is beautiful and which can exist in a person. For example, his face was the most beautiful among all human beings and was very luminous. His blessed face was white mixed with red and shone like the moon. His words were so sweet that they pleased hearts and attracted souls. His mind was so great that Although he came from among the very violent and obstinate people of, of the Arabic Peninsula, he handled them very well, endured their persecutions, and thus brought them to tenderness and obedience. Many of them abandoned their religions and converted to Islam. For the cause of Islam, they even fought against their fathers and children. For his, the Prophet's sake, they sacrificed their property and homelands and shed their own blood. However, they were not used to such things. He was so good-tempered, so tender, so forgiving, so patient, so kind, and so benevolent that everybody admired him. Those who saw him or heard about him became Muslims willingly. No unseemliness or defect was ever noted in any of his actions and any of his words. Though, for his own sake, he never became offended with anybody, he was harsh and severe against those who spoke ill of or laid hands on the religion. If he hadn't been tendered and affable towards everybody, it would have been beyond anybody's strength to sit beside him or to listen to him owing to his awe-inspired prophethood and his great manners, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Despite the fact that he had not read or learned anything from anybody, that he had never been able to write, and that he had come from people who did not travel and who knew nothing of past history and of those around them, he communicated facts written in the Taurat, the book which was revealed to Hadrat Musa, and the Injil, the real Bible, and in all other heavenly books. He conveyed information about the states of ancient people. Giving evidences and proofs, he silenced all the notables of every religion and every profession. As the greatest mujiza, a miracle performed by a prophet, he put forward the Quran al-Karim, and though he made the challenge, you cannot express anything like even one of its 6,236 ayats or verses. Nobody was able to meet his challenge. 
though all of the enemies of Islam all over the world cooperated and poured out their possessions and wealth in order to do this for more than 1,400 years. And today, Jews, priests, and Masonic lodges, however hard they are striving by spending millions and using all of their forces, cannot compete with it. In the early days of Islam, the Arabs were much more advanced in literary arts, such as poetry and eloquence, than in any other area, so that most of their accomplishments were based on literature. Yet they had to admit that they would fall short, far short, of saying anything to compete with the very powerful, expressive style of the Quran. Being unable to suppress the Quran, many of them came to reason and converted to Islam. And the ones who did not believe had to fight in order to prevent Islam from spreading. There are innumerable things in the Quran al-Karim that nobody can do or say. We will begin, uh, we will explain six of them here. Firstly, Ijaz and Balagat. This means to convey many facts smoothly and perfectly in few words. Secondly, Though its letters and words are like Arabic letters and words, the prayers, that is, words and sentences, are quite unlike the words, poems, and orations of Arabs. The Quran al-Karim is not human. It is Allah's word. The comparison of human words to the Quran al-Karim is like the resemblance of pieces of glass to diamonds. After understanding this very well, philologists admit it. Thirdly, a person does not become bored with the Quran al-Karim, no matter how much he reads it. His desire, zeal, love, and pleasure increase. On the other hand, no such desire or taste occurs while reading the translations of the Quran al-Karim or other types of its written forms or all other books. Instead, boredom sets in. Getting tired is different from getting bored. Fourthly, Many known and unknown facts about the states of past people are told in the Quran al-Karim. Fifthly, it foretells the things that will happen in the future, many of which have already happened and are still happening. Sixthly, pieces of knowledge which nobody can know at any time. Allah Ta'ala has explained the ulum-i-awwalin and the ulum-i-akhirin in the Quran al-Karim. The fact that the Quran al-Karim is a mujiza or miracle is explained very well in the book Herkaze Lazim Olan Iman, Iman which is necessary for everybody, published by Hakikat Kitabevi in the Turkish and English languages and in the 16th letter of the third volume of the book Maktubat-i-Mathumiya. The Turkish and English translations of this letter exist at the end of the books Chevab Veramedi and could not answer respectively. This means to say that for wise and reasonable people, it is a very obvious fact that a person who, while having been born and raised in a big city among its inhabitants, and having lived for 40 years together with them and having never read books or traveled or recited poems or made speeches, suddenly brought a book which nobody can write and which, with its subtleties, six of which we have explained, is above any word or any book, and who is in every respect the best of all the people and prophets, salawatullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'in, owing to his beautiful habits and superior manners. This person is Allah Ta'ala's beloved prophet. To follow him means to like and observe the rules of Islam willingly, to respect and revere his commands and the things which Islam cherishes and holds great, such as scholars and the pious, and to strive to spread his ahkam-i-islamiyah, 
and not to love those who are against observing the commandments of Allah Ta'ala. Our Prophet ﷺ stated, All of you are like shepherds of flocks. As a shepherd protects his flock, so you should protect those under your command from hell. You should teach them Islam. If you don't, you will be held responsible. And once, he stated, many Muslim children will go to the hell named Wahl because of their fathers, for their fathers being seized by the ambition of earning money and making merry and running after worldly affairs only, did not teach their children Islam and the Quran al-Karim. I am far removed from such fathers, and they are far away from me. Those who do not teach their children their religion will go to hell. And once he stated, those who teach their children the Quran al-Karim or who send them to teachers of the Quran al-Karim, for each letter of the Quran al-Karim they will be given rewards as if they visited the Kaaba ten times. And on the day of rising, a crown of sovereignty will be put on their head. All people will see it and admire it. And once he stated, teach your children how to perform salat, namaz. When they are seven years old, command them to perform salat. When they are ten years old, beat them if they do not perform it, and have them perform it. And once he stated, when a Muslim's child worships, he, as the father, will receive as much reward as the child gets. When a person teaches his child to sin, and whatever this child commits sins, his father also will be recorded equally sinful. Ibn Abidin says at the end of the section on the Makru actions of namaz, if a person has his child do the things that are haram for himself to do, he has committed a haram. A person who has his son wear silk clothes or ornaments him with gold, or who has his children drink alcohol, or lets them urinate in the direction of the Qibla, or causes them to stretch their legs in the direction of the Qibla, will be sinful. A hadith sharif in the book Murshidun Nisa states, The salats and fasts of those who do not observe the rights of their wives and children will not be acceptable. Imam i Ghazali says in his book Kimya i Saadat, for example, it is haram forbidden by Islam for women to go out with naked head, arms, and legs. Also, it is haram for them to go out by covering themselves with thin, tight, ornamented, and colored garments. Not only will such women be disobedient to Allah Ta'ala and sinful, but also their father, husband, brother, and uncle who are responsible for them. That is, the one who lets them go out in this manner will be their accomplice in disobedience and sin. The basis of the Islamic religion is to learn and to teach Iman, the Fards and the Harams. Allah Ta'ala has sent Prophets for this purpose. When these tenets are not taught to youngsters, Islam will be demolished and annihilated. Allah Ta'ala commands Muslims to do Amri Maruf. That is, he says, communicate and teach my commands. And he commands them to do Nehi Anil Munkar. That is, he says, communicate my prohibitions, and do not condone their being done. Our Prophet stated, Teach Islam to one another. If you give up Amr-i-Maruf, Allah Ta'ala will send the worst among you upon you, and he will not accept your prayers. And he stated, The reward that is given to all worships when compared with the reward given for the Gaza, that is war in the way of Allah, will be as much as a drop of water compared to an ocean, and the reward given for Gaza versus the reward given for Amri Maruf and Nehi Munkar 
is like a drop of water versus an ocean. It is for this reason that Ibn Abidin says at the end of the fifth volume, the thawab or reward for a fiqh savants helping Muslims is more than the thawab or reward for jihad in the cause of Allah. In short, a child is a deposit in the hands of its parents. The child's pure heart is like a precious gem. Like wax, a child can take any shape. 